This is the Mothers of Reinvention, and I am your host, Jess Zeno. Yeah, back it, back it. Yeah, pull up to the bumper game, read the signal. Cover me, cause I'm changing, I handle on it. My life, a broke it. When I get to where I'm going, gonna have you saying it. On every episode of this weekly podcast, I connect with rebel women who share their never-before-heard stories about how they reinvented themselves and set their course to success. Prior to founding Moms Demand Action, today's guest was a stay-at-home mom of five and a former communications executive. The day after the Sandy Hook tragedy, she started a Facebook group with the message that all Americans can and should do more to reduce gun violence. The online conversation turned into a grassroots movement of Americans fighting for public safety measures that protect people from gun violence. Moms Demand Action has established a chapter in every state of the country and is part of Every Town for Gun Safety, the largest gun violence prevention organization in the country, with over 6 million supporters. In addition to her work with Moms Demand Action, our guest is an active board member of Emerge America, one of the nation's leading organizations for recruiting and training women to run for office. Please welcome to the show the formidable Shannon Watts. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you here, uh, or happy is not really the right word, but I, I think it's so important um, to have you on now, uh, always, and especially now, uh, because it's timely to discuss uh, yet again gun safety in America and what people can do to support your mission and the overall education and steps we can take um, to support our children ourselves from gun violence, especially in light of Michigan, the shooting that happened recently when four students were killed by a 15-year-old. So, Shannon, why? I, you might not have the answer, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Why is this still happening? Hmm. Well, it, it is sort of the logical outcome of allowing the gun lobby to write our nation's gun laws. You know, gun lobbyists have had a hand in saying whether we're going to pass things like background checks or red flag laws or to disarm domestic abusers or to require gun owners to securely store their firearms. You know, during COVID, um, we saw record numbers of gun sales, many to, to new gun owners. There are about 400 million guns in the hands of civilians in this country now. And the number of kids who were living in homes with unsecured guns has risen in the last five or six years from about 4.6 million to 5.4 million. That's a lot of kids at home around unsecured guns. And we know the vast majority, over 90% of school shooters are actually students. And we know about 80% of them get their guns from home. So all of it is sadly a perfect storm and, and a recipe for disaster. When I hear that the majority of uh, people with guns are, you know, access to these guns are the children or the shooters are children, um, I don't know what kind of, you know, the thought that comes up in my mind is, does gaming have something to do with this? You know, that is an, an interesting question. It's a question we get a lot. Like, what what is it about America that's causing this? And, you know, if it was video games... Um, more than six people would be shot and killed every year in Japan. (laughs) More people play video games in Japan, really, than any other peer nation. Right. Um, And yet they, you know, we have about 40,000 gun deaths a year and they have about six. 
so we know what is causing it in America. And so often, you know, people wonder, is it mental illness? Is it video games? Is it violent movies? Is it, you know, single family households? There's all kinds of things that people want to point their fingers at, but we know what it is. It's easy access to guns. Um, there's no other country that has as many guns and so few gun laws regulating those guns. And so again, what we're seeing is really the logical out, outcome of allowing a powerful and wealthy special interests to influence our culture and our laws. Yeah, I, 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 it's really sitting with me that the short answer is easy access to guns. Right. Um, what does, tell, tell us what your organization Moms Demand Action does. Well, I want to be clear, you know, we are not against the Second Amendment. Um, many of our volunteers are gun owners or their partners or family members are gun owners. We simply want to restore the responsibilities that should go along with gun rights. Um, we are a grassroots movement. We're now not just moms, we're mothers and others. We also have students demand action. And we just wake up as volunteers. I'm a, I'm a full-time volunteer. And we fight for common sense, widely supported gun safety measures that will save lives. The data shows save lives. Um, we pass stronger gun laws. Uh, we work in communities and with business leaders to in, encourage a culture of responsible gun ownership. Um, so really, you know, I always say we work on this three ways. We work on it electorally by electing gun sense candidates. We work on it legislatively by passing good laws at all levels of government and, and opposing bad laws. Um, and then changing the culture through secure storage and, and getting business leaders and influencers to, to also support gun safety. And at the end of the day, you know, gun violence is preventable. So we're really just committed to doing whatever it takes to keep families in America safe. It's amazing that you've been able to, in real time, create your organization and find the facts to support what steps can be taken uh, across the board, as you said, threefold, um, to prevent uh, senseless acts of violence and um, gun protection. It's um, It really is, is quite a, a beacon of hope where it seems so scary that um, there is none, or not none, but nil, little. Uh, how did your organization come about? You know, I, I, and I think to your point, so many people think this is hopeless because they're sort of waiting for this uh, cathartic moment in Congress, right? They're waiting for the Senate to act. And if you look at social justice movements throughout our nation's history. Rarely, you know, just is, is a group of people able to come in and make wholesale change overnight. Um, I always say that our, our motto is relentless incrementalism, and it leads to revolutions. And I saw that when I was a teen in the 1980s, you know, when Mothers Against Drunk Driving came along and helped restore the responsibilities that should go along with the right of drinking. Uh, in the 80s, you know, if you, you were alive then, you will remember that, that someone would get in their car, choose to drive drunk, mm. kill their families or friends, and people would say, oh, what a shame. You know, we can't punish that person. They've suffered enough. And a group of angry moms came along and said, wait a minute, these deaths are preventable. They're senseless. And the onus should be on the person who's driving a car to, to be sober. Mm. And if we if we pass laws that, that require that, which, and you know, in many ways, laws are the moral underpinning of our society, 
there will be fewer tragedies like this. And they were right. It took them an entire decade to pass all the laws they wanted to. They went state by state and eventually got the federal government to act. But that took a decade. Right. Um, and so, you know, that that was when I when I started the Facebook page that, that became Moms Demand Action. It was that model that I had in my mind. Yes. And I only had about 75 Facebook friends. Um, I just wanted to create a page where we could start a conversation the day after the Sandy Hook sh- shooting tragedies, which actually was nine years ago today that I started the Facebook page. Wow. Um, I just wanted to have a conversation and it's just turned into the, the largest grassroots movement in the country. I would imagine that people were receptive to this conversation on your Facebook page. <laughs> was there any pushback from your um, community or your friends, let's say, that you were sort of surprised that they had an opposing point of view or a different point of view than, hey, let's just like clean up guns law? Well, I mean, it was it was like lightning in a bottle. You know, you hear about how social media can turbocharge things. And that was certainly the case. You know, I I didn't imagine I would be a public figure. So all of my information was publicly available. And, you know, if you know anything about type A women, you know that they were coming out of the woodwork and texting me and calling me and, you know, reaching out to me um, in, in the informa- information they found and, and just saying, you know, I want to do this where I live and none of us really knowing what that meant yet. Um, but the other thing I never expected was that there was this underbelly of America that existed and that I would immediately start getting threats of death and sexual violence to me, to my kids um, immediately. And so it's been sort of that yin and yang the whole time of these amazing selfless volunteers who want to dedicate their lives to saving perfect strangers. Um, And then also trolls online and offline who, you know, want to kill you or say they do because you think there should be a background check on every gun sale. What is your reaction, I guess, would be the word to that? What is for your family to protect yourselves? What, what is your course of action there, your defense? Well, I, you know, I think there was some benefit to being naive and not realizing that would happen. You know, I'm not sure I'm brave enough to have started this organization <clears throat> if I knew I would have to travel with a, a bodyguard and use an alias for the next decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not just me, you know, our volunteers um, have marches and rallies or even events and, and often are surrounded by men who are armed to the teeth, who want to intimidate and silence them. <clears throat> My personality is such that that kind of behavior just makes me incredibly angry. It doesn't make me da- back down. It makes me double down yeah. and want to fight even harder. It, I think it really illustrates the absurdity of our nation's gun laws or lack of gun laws that that is even allowed. Um, and I think it, those, those images, whenever we take photos of that happening, I think people sort of wake up and realize just how ridiculous it is that, that this is even allowed. You know, open carry is allowed in over 40 states and largely unregulated. Um, and that's not the kind of nation we want to live in. It's not the kind of nation we want our kids to live in. And so, you know, I think that in many ways, um, the trolling and the threats have backfired. And I have to imagine, or from what I understand, the little I understand, this is all because of money, that there are 40 open carry states? Well, money is at the root of our nation's weak gun laws, certainly. I mean, the NRA was able to amass 
uh, a huge war chest, which they have used to parlay into huge political power. Um, they have run roughshod over our nation's lawmakers for decades. Um, thankfully, you know, because we believe sunlight is the best disinfectant, um, they're on the ropes. They are under investigation. Um, they are hemorrhaging dollars, you know, faster than they can count uh, the donations. And they look to be in real crisis. So I do think we've made a huge impact in, in taking them out, you know, in, in, in terms of political play. But um, their playbook is still being used by a lot of lawmakers in this country, an old playbook, including in the U.S. Senate. And I've been doing this now for nine years as of today, and I've never seen the NRA support a single piece of gun safety legislation. Mm. They believe any law whatsoever is an infringement on the Second Amendment, or they pretend they do. And as a result, um, gun extremists have been empowered to behave in all kinds of horrific, malicious ways. So outside of the NRA or these laws that are... um attempting to be passed, being thwarted, etc. What is the overall temperature of gun regulation for like the civilian in this country, do you think, currently? Well, you know, again, I think people sometimes feel um, hopeless or cynical because the U.S. Senate hasn't acted. But it's really important to remember the huge progress we've made since we started our organization. You know, we have passed background checks on all handgun sales now in 21 states. We've passed something called a red flag law in 19 states. We've disarmed domestic abusers in 29 states. We've passed secure storage laws in 11 states. We've passed police accountability laws in 13 states and on and on and on. And so it's really important to remember all of the, the incredible progress we're making. You know, we've, we now have two of our own volunteers who are sitting members of Congress, Lucy McBath and Marie Newman. Amazing. So people should feel very hopeful, but they also have to get engaged, right? You shouldn't expect that others are going to do the, the work of activism for you. There's strength in numbers, and it really takes everyone getting off the sidelines. You mentioned these two women. I would love to hear a little bit more about them. And then also someone within your organization that really has had um, an incredible story of activism within the organization. I know that there are a few. I would love to hear about one or two. Yeah, so Lucy McBath is one of those people who also happens to be a congresswoman now. You know, Lucy's son, Jordan Davis, was shot and killed just weeks before the Sandy Hook school shooting tragedy. Um, he was visiting his dad in Florida. Lucy lived in Georgia at the time, and he was sitting in a car with his friends, um, a black 17-year-old. They had their music up loud. They were buying gum to go pick up girls. They wanted to have fresh breath. And a white man told them to turn their music down. They got into a, a heated argument and this man opened fire on the car and killed Jordan instantly. Uh, and Lucy immediately became an activist for gun safety. She became a Moms Demand Action spokeswoman. Um, we supported her during the two trials. The first the first one was, a, I believe, a hung jury. Um, and then, you know, she became a a spokesperson at the organization and really was instrumental in creating Moms Demand Action as it is today. And every time we would have a conversation, I would end it by saying, you know, Lucy, you should run for office. And she kind of said, no, you know, I'm good what I'm doing. And after the Parkland shooting tragedy, she decided she would run for Congress in Georgia. And she won. This was a seat 
that had been held by Republicans for 30 years. It's Newt Gingrich's old seat, uh, certainly not Democrat friendly. And she she won by a significant margin and, and has won twice now. Um, and so she is heroic, has really spearheaded passing gun safety bills through the House, which hadn't happened in decades. And then Marie Newman, who is also a member of Congress, was a Moms Demand Action volunteer in Illinois who uh, decided to run for office and won. And then, you know, we have plenty of volunteers who have run for, for positions in city council and school boards and, and in state houses. Um, and, and it's really, in my mind, the the next form of our organization, which is activists who want to move from not just shaping policy, but to actually making it. Yes. Tell me a little bit about Emerge America. I know that you uh, are on the board of this, but were you part of the creation of it as well? I know I joined Emerge America a few years ago because it was just doing such great work and, and really in a very similar way as Moms Women Action. They're, they're state-based to train and recruit progressive women to run for office, particularly in state houses. Um, and, and I just, I thought their work was so extraordinary. And in fact, we just launched our program called Demand a Seat, which is, is based in many ways on the Emerge training, where we are recruiting and training our own volunteers, both Moms Demand Action and Students Demand Action volunteers, um, to run for office where they live. And, you know, we had over 100 volunteers run in the last election cycle, 43 of them won, which is a pretty outstanding run rate. Uh, the new mayor of Cincinnati is a Moms Demand Action volunteer. So that's something else that's really, you know, if you're thinking about running for office, becoming a volunteer is a great idea because suddenly you have this huge grassroots army to to help you win. That is, uh, that's an incredible nugget of information for anyone who really is uh, considering this and wants to be part of that policy change in writing those laws. It's, I, I love that so much. Um, let's talk a little bit about your own personal reinvention, um, you know, being a mother of five and uh, having this sort of corporate job. Did you ever see that this was activism and leading a movement was in your path? Uh, and when was the moment that you kind of recognized and realized that that happened? <laughs> Absolutely never. No, you know, I went into corporate communications after I graduated from college. I had a good 15 year career and then I decided to take a, a break to blend my family with my husband's family. Um, we had just gotten married and we uh, had five kids all together. And I fully expected at the end of five years to go back to work. In fact, I had started looking for a job when I was folding laundry in my house on December 14th, 2012. And I saw that there was an active shooter, uh, saw the news breaking on my television and just sort of sat down and watched it. And the next day, as I said, I was so angry about what had happened that I started this Facebook page. And, you know, I knew nothing about our nation's gun laws. I'd certainly never been very politically active. Um, and I didn't know anything about organizing. But I knew that, you know, at least in my gut, I think it was an instinct that that angry, but also average everyday moms could take down the most powerful, wealthy special interests that's ever existed. And I was right. Um, and, and I think so many other mothers and others across the country that that day and the days following had the same idea. And that's why we have grown so quickly over the years. 
I also think to your point too, as pre in previous years with drugs or what have you, that it's mothers and others that get the job done. It is the grassroots <laughs> community of mothers and others that um, sways the needle, changes the law. It's um, it's a pretty powerful thing, and I love that you are at the head of it. Um, or at the head of one of these movements, um, as you continue to grow and expand your own work, especially with Demand a Seat now coming from Moms Demand Action, where are those reinventions coming from? Is it just you're seeing what's happening in real time and then creating on top of that? Or how are you strategizing your next moves, let's say, um, of activism or where to place your uh, focus? Well, you know, sadly, what what put so much attention on this issue over and over again is when there is a national shooting tragedy, right? There's a mass shooting or a school shooting. Those make up about 1% of the gun deaths in this country. Um, Everyday gun suicides and homicides, that's what's really causing over 100 people in America to die every single day. Over 200 more are wounded. And so we have to be holistic in our approach on this issue. And certainly we also have to evolve. Um, You know, we have, for example, taken advantage of lawmakers' willingness to act in the wake of shooting deaths, mostly of black and brown men by police. Um, And we have passed over a dozen police accountability bills in state houses just since 2020. Um, And certainly with people paying attention since the school shooting in Michigan, it's really shown a light on the issue of secure storage in this country and the need for gun owners to be responsible. You know, these parents bought their kid a semi-automatic handgun for Christmas. He was only 15 years old. And then they didn't securely store it. And so talking about going into legislatures next year, I mean, this, this legislative session in 2020, we already passed three new secure storage laws, some of which were passed by um, lawmakers who used to be our volunteers and, and then we plan to do the same in at least 10 states in 2022. So, you know, we have this core base of priorities like background checks and red flag laws and disarming domestic abusers, but we also have to make sure we're evolving our strategies we go along to, to fit the needs of the nation. Um, when we speak about the nation, can you just tell me a little bit about Every Town for Gun Safety and how Moms Demand Action sort of folds into that? Yeah, you know, I had been um, probably doing this work for nine or so months when I realized that we had this huge grassroots army, but, you know, it was hard to raise money as someone, a woman from Indiana that no one had ever heard of. And also, you know, our volunteers wanted to move into paying positions in order to keep going and to, to exist into perpetuity. So I started interviewing organizations inside and outside the space to say, you know, we have this army, what can you give us in exchange? And uh, eventually I decided to partner with Mayors Against Illegal Guns, which had been started by Mayor Mike Bloomberg, and to combine forces and together we created, uh, co-created Every Town for Gun Safety, which is really the umbrella over all of the different organizations we now have. Moms Demand Action and Students Demand Action are the grassroots arms of the organization, but we also have Mayors Against Illegal Guns. We have an Every Town Survivor Network. We have um, a creative council of influencers and athletes. So there's all these different ways to address organiz- uh, gun violence within the organization of, gun- of Every Town. I'm curious 
how I hear, you know, students demand action. How do you speak to your own children, your five children about gun safety and what you do? (laughs) Well, you know, my kids are all grown now. When I started Moms Demand Action, they were in elementary, middle, high school, in college. And now I only have one left in college. So um, they're all grown. But, you know, they have felt really proud of me. Um, It's interesting because with Moms Demand Action, I've been busier than I was in any job in my career. And, you know, my husband had to step up, my ex-husband had to step up, my kids had to step up. And I have so many people come to me and say, you know, I feel guilty about being a working mom and being a volunteer. And I now have hindsight because my kids are grown. And what I can tell you is they never once say to me, you know, you didn't come to this one event or you weren't around or I wish you hadn't done this organization. I wish you hadn't created it. What they say is, I'm so proud of you. I'm so thrilled, you know, that you set this example for me. And I think it's important to know that, that, that when you get engaged in something you feel passionately about and when you are, you know, being a leader, your kids feel nothing but pride. Um, and so, you know, gun violence is something that's important to me, but my kids have, you know, other issues that are important to them. But hopefully I've been an example of how they can be activists. That's so, that's incredible. Um, in regards to activism and what we can do, what I can do at my, you know, in, in my small home in Los Angeles, what can we do? Uh, what are some simple steps that we at home can do to support uh, regulation and guns, certainly gun safety? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's important to remember that, again, our motto is relentless incrementalism. Um Activism is like drips on a rock. The system is not set up for wholesale overnight change. I certainly wish it was. Uh, I would have done something else for the last eight or so years, right? Like activism is a commitment, but it doesn't mean you have to do it as a full-time job. Even if you have an hour while your kids are taking a nap to send a tweet or an email or make a call, it all adds up if we're all doing it all across the country. So I I think it's important to remember, you know, Alice Walker said, activism uh, is the rent I pay to live on the planet. And and we all have to be activists in some way, especially in a democracy. So I would just say, you know, join our organization. You will find our people, your people. Um, You you know, I, I have met so many volunteers who say their lifelong best friends now will be people they met through Moms Demand Action or Students Demand Action. Um, no matter what happens. And it's very easy to join, again, mothers and others, students and survivors. Um, just text the word READY to 64433. A volunteer will call you back pretty immediately and tell you how to plug in where you live. And again, you can get involved in this legislatively or electorally or culturally. There's so many different ways depending on on what you're interested in. And if I, let's just say, you know, I want to engage, but I don't feel like I have the time, what what website am I going to to see sort of where I can um, donate some money or yes. um, <laughs> do some disengaged activism? <laughs> yes, go to momsdemandaction.org and you can find out all about the organization in addition how to donate. We appreciate your donations. It enables volunteers like me to do this work day in and day out. Um, everytown.org is a great place to go for research and data. We also have a Facebook page, not just a, a national page, but a page for every single state. 
Uh, our Twitter is Moms Demand. I'm at Shannon R. Watts, and you can find us on Instagram too. I love your wealth of knowledge and your way of delivering it. It makes it super simple, super easy for us to be involved in whatever level one can um, when they're moved to support something as important as gun regulation and safety in America and in the world, even. Um, I, I have this sort of like one side question. What do you do to relax, Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, it's my husband and I have been talking because this is the nine year anniversary. And, and I said, I never imagined that day that I would wake up almost every day for the next nine years and tell the story of, of gun violence victims and survivors online and to, to rally the troops and to advocate. And really, it's, it's been the honor of a lifetime to, to be able to do this work and frankly, to serve as the tip of the spear. I love nothing more than to go hand to hand with with gun lobbyists and trolls, it's sort of in my DNA uh, to enjoy that. But you know, like I, I think it's important to to talk about self care, and we do a lot as an organization. I always say this work is a marathon, not a sprint, but it's it's also a relay race. You have to be able to hand the baton over to other people when it's time to prioritize your own well being or your families or your communities. I've taken many breaks along the way, and. I'll tell you what, the work was still here when I got back. Yeah. And frankly, other people with a lot of energy and new ideas also could take a whack at it and, and bring new energy into the organization. So don't be afraid to step back and take a break when you need to. But um, the work is still will still be there. And you have to take care of yourself, whether that's reading or taking a vacation or you know taking a bubble bath every night, whatever that looks like for you. I think much like the um, put on the the air mask on yourself before you put it on your child, yes. that we all know, is the most important part that part that mothers can play in this world um, to ensure that we are filled up with whatever we need to take care of everyone else, since we are the ones most likely taking care of everyone else. Certainly you are. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you so much. I know you are a super busy warrior woman just leading the charge on this fight against gun violence. And I, I truly thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work that you do and the time that you have given us here today. Thank you, Shannon. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. For more information and how to participate, be sure to visit Shannon at momsdemandaction.org. We are an independent podcast, so also be sure to download, like, and subscribe and share this pod with other rebel women. I'm Jess Zeno, and this is the Mothers of Reinvention. Bye. Yeah, back it, back it. Yeah, pull up to the bump again.